City, City Limits. Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Limits. All right, it's (laughs) 9.05am. How y'all doing? Yeah. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, we're here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're all, um, we're was, all wrapped up. That was John McPherson, our economic, our, our transport guru who comes in on the first Wednesday every month. I'm a guru. I love being yes, a, that's right. a guru. A guru. I'm, and I always thought it was guru myself. Corey, Corey Green over the show. I'm but Kevin I don't Healy. mind being a guru. Anyway, it's transport day. And I reckon a lot. We've lot, if anyone followed this ad and listens to this show, they won't be listening today. They, they would have gone off. There's... There was an ant in the paper. I just this just struck me as an interesting item. Um, last Thursday, also in the Herald Sun of all places, of course, Coles had a full-page footy finals ad. All you need to spend the afternoon watching the footy, and the products on sale were Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. four traditional four and twenty meat pies, Don Footy Franks, Peter's drumsticks, Patty's party pack, which is all little pies and things, six hot dog rolls, and a gang of hot dogs as well and I thought if anyone took that as their diet for the afternoon they'd be lucky to make quarter time but Kevin where's the beer beer and meat pies yeah, what could beer? and come football on. what well, could be more well that would be in their liquor what section. could be more Australian than that right. I mean it's, they, could have, right. they could have had a combined ad with VB yeah but I reckon anyone who would try to eat all that would, would have been lucky to make the first quarter <laughs> before a heart well, before Kevin, struck down by a heart attack well Kevin we know your, your, your body is a temple <laughs> <laughs> no need to uh, <laughs> no need to rub it in John <laughs> but some of us actually quite like some of those things in Moderation, of course. <laughs> oh, it's always in moderation, of course. That's, that's what the that's what they all say. That's what McDonald's say. They all say that, eaten yes. in moderation. That's, that's quite right. good yeah. for you. In moderation right. is it's yes. never with McDonald's, I'd say. Oh, that's right. No. But not in moderation. I, I just <laughs> want to raise one. Um, uh, Helen, what's her name? Heather Ridout. Heather Ridout, oh, who yes, was yes, um, yes. who was head of one of the big chambers she's of profits. She? Yeah, she's, she was head of one of the big chambers yeah. of profits. She was on the Reserve Bank board. That's right. She was a darling of the former Labor government business darling of. She now runs Australian Super, which is a bloody industry fund, but she's chair of it. And um, she came out this week and condemned the campaign against Transfield Services. And she said they should not be politically punished for the government policy. It's a great Australian company with a great history and a strong board and very good management. If Transfield were to stop managing the detention centre, someone else would have to do that over, take over and might do it, might not do as good a job, might not do it. Now, is it actually physically possible to do a worse job? Well, that's right. That's the fright, <laughs> That's obviously the frightening bit, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, I cannot possibly imagine what they would do to do a worse job. I mean, they're literally torturing children. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. I and mean, if, you know, where do you go yeah. from there? And when women get raped, they move the rapists away so they can't get prosecuted. Well, it's this, it's this classic thing, isn't it, about... Well, I mean, a cup of tea, John. Yeah, I'll have a cup of tea while I rant on, yeah. Yeah, um, I'll just put one up into the mic. Corporations, of course, can't get punished. You know, it's, it's bad, it's wrong to punish corporations. Yet but legally it, they're a person. Yeah, well, they certainly are in, America, Oops, in the United people. States, yeah, yeah. Well, they are here too. Are they? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That's that's bad. 
<laughs> yes, that is bad. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. No, well, it's, I mean, it's it, really interesting the way we're supposed to be nice to corporations. I mean, sorry, folks. I mean, you know, I'll just mention Volkswagen. <laughs> As a corporation that's been doing wrong yeah. very badly, yeah. very badly. We've yes, I was, I was going to raise that in transport, but yes. you can raise it now if you like, David. <laughs> no, 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 I'll um, just, I'll just, but, I'll just uh, mention it and pass on. But you know, yeah. you know, would Heather Ridd out um, say that we shouldn't be nasty to Volkswagen? Well, probably. Um, I mean, yeah, well, she, I'm, I think I'm based she's a, on that, but I think would, she's yeah. a bit selective, though. But nonetheless, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Den- Richard Dennis from the Australia Institute yesterday had a, his yeah. article in the Fin Review was about that, and right. re- responding a bit to what she said a couple of yeah. days earlier. But yeah. he's also talking about ethics, and you know, you can't, and he's saying you can't be selective in ethics. They, you know, they're bad, bad. Um, but also arising out of that, which I found interesting. Um, on Monday, mm-hmm. out came the news that um, Transfield is now facing questioning by the Senate inquiry into tax avoidance. <laughs> and would you believe um, Dasjari, who's, who's Senator, who's chairing the inquiry, oh, said, yeah. said Transfield has had effective tax rates of between 2% and 15% over the past 10 years, depending on which method you use. The subsidiary structure that has been created by Transfield resembles those used by some of the most aggressive tax minimisers. That would be, of course, the Murdoch Empire. Well, I would so think so. And wouldn't should... it be uh, a highly rich if Transfield, you know, in the end, got punished for tax avoidance when they're <laughs> committing right. all these crimes against humanity? <laughs> that's right. Well, that's, that's right. Well, of course, avoiding taxes, crimes against the middle class. Um, and, and yeah, their, um, against capitalism. Well, no, well that's yeah. crimes against middle class welfare. <laughs> well, yes, we should have concerns, he says, in, that we are not awarding contracts to a company that structured itself to minimise its tax obligation. Well, I think that take, that's a given, isn't it? I mean, that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a book. there was a book launch last night at RMIT about climate change and capitalism by a bloke called Wright, a bloke from Sydney University. Oh, yeah. Um, and we might try and get on next week, actually, because it's our energy day. But he, he argues that, you know, there's no ethics in capitalism. The only complaint is when they get caught like Volkswagen. If they don't get caught, they never feel sorry. Mm. And, yeah. it's, and so he's really arguing that the, it's a bit like Naomi Klein's book. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's, a set, it's nonsense to expect capitalism to clean itself up yes. and clean up the environment yes. when it's not in its interest. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's the yeah. argument. So they have to yeah. be they have to be served up with you know tough regulations and um, and and demands from government that, that that they can back up that they've got to do things that they have to clean their act up they can't mm. be asked nicely it won't work no no and no. even with regulations they've still got to be enforced that's right because they'll do anything to get out of it but the modern the modern kind of neoliberal um, view of government is that you don't enforce regulations you ask nicely and that's all you do yeah yeah mm. And we didn't really introduce the show properly because a couple of Sundays ago on Earth Matters, um, Corey, you, you did that program and you had a program about a road widening between Beaufort and Ararat on the Western Highway and talked to Vic Roads, etc. And mainly the, the argument is about the destruction of you know, centuries-old trees by mm. Vic Roads, mm. which is the usual paper. Now, we are having an interview about that this morning as well, are we not? Yeah, we're going to talk to Louise Costa. She's on... Um uh, another bit of the Western Highway uh, near Rushworth. So, Rushworth, is yeah. It? So no, they're doing that's that's Rushworth's on the Calder Highway or something. Oh, no, it's even off there. No, it's, I think it's, it's, I think that must be on the road to Shepparton. It's a, it's in the roads between Kilmore and Bendigo. That road, isn't it? Mm. Well, somewhere anyhow, out that part of the world, anyway. Well, anyhow, I thought it, anyway. Well, I, I thought too. But anyway, we'll clear it up. It's obviously we'll, yeah, but yeah. It, it, but it's obviously it might have moved. Doing its best. It might. Vic roads might be really expanding the highway. <laughs> well, yeah. well, they, well, they might even just be expanding a two a two lane highway, not a four lane highway. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, well, yeah, so we're going to have her on. Well, I told her sure, 10 past. Shortly. Yeah, well, shortly. We'll get her on now. Let's take Should a break. Should we do it now? Yeah, let's All right. do it now. Okay. Um, we're going to go to a track. This is Big Black Train by Archie Roach. Okay, we've um, ooh, yeah, that was away. Big Black Train by Archie Roach, and you're listening to City Limits on 3CR, and the time is 9.17. And we've got John McPherson over there, who's the one that um, Corey just talked to our guest about. And got Corey over there, I'm Kevin Healy. And it's, Corey, not, it's not Corey, libel if I didn't broadcast it. Corey, did we clear up the situation about the, the highway we're talking about? <laughs> we did. Um, so we're, going, we're talking to Louise Costa, and she's in Rushworth, and it's the roads leading in and out of the town. Of yes. Um, I can't. Now I can hear you. <laughs> that's, that's good. I've turned I'm your so mic pleased, on, God. John. <laughs> even though, even though, no, I won't libel you. <laughs> 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 All right, um, Louise, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Corey. Thanks. Um, okay, can you please tell our audience what the situation is? So, Rushworth's a small historic town with a heritage list, heritage overlay in the, in central Victoria, about two hours north of Melbourne. If you follow the Hume and then head north, um, yeah, you'll, you'll find Rushworth in, in a forest. It's a box bark forest that's um, really part of its uh, charm is that you can't enter the enter the township without without driving through some forest, and it's quite beautiful. Um, so at the end of May this year, Vic Roads turned up in Rushworth uh, with a site crew um, as part of uh, a road widening project to remove um, over over um, 120 trees from one particular roadside that enters town. It's quite a scenic route into town. It's through a forest and they'd done no community consultation. So they turned up um, without telling anyone, no press release, no um, community engagement. They didn't even let the Shire know and um, commenced their site induction, at which point we were alerted and um, intervened, I guess you could say, with the site induction, and they stopped work that day. And from that day, we've been campaigning against the... Uh, against the Against the project, not not just the removal of the quantity of trees that they that they were proposing to remove, but also the fact that there was no community engagement whatsoever. That was one of the biggest issues. So, more or less, um, would the community be happy with the road if they uh, were consulted better? I think I think that um, fundamentally. People that live in a township need to know what's going on in their township. I mean, it's an old township. It's um, it's it's many of the people that live there are third and fourth generation people. They know their township well. The, the section of road that had the um, the project planned for is only one kilometre, not even one kilometre from town. It's it's about four hundred metres from town that it starts. So it's it's right on people's doorsteps. It's something that they would see every day, and it's certainly something that would interfere with their daily lives for about two months. The project would last for. Um, there is a lot of, um, I guess, support for um, for reducing the speed limit through this section of road. Rather than rather than widening the road, people were overwhelmingly in support for the reduction of speed because it's through a forest. It's a windy, hilly road through a forest and rather than see it widened, people would rather see the speed reduced. There's some big old trees along this road. I mean, they're well into their hundreds of years old and 
most of them are very well-established and significant habitat trees. So the habitat quality of these trees is very high. There's lots of hollows, therefore, as you can imagine, lots of species using these trees for nesting and and roosting. Um, So there's, there's, there's a vast objection to the removal of these big old trees, which are part of the um, cultural heritage of the town. Not, you know, it's not just the, the, the history of the town. It's not just about its buildings and its and its um, gold history, but it's also about these trees. It's box iron bark country, and and these trees epitomise uh, um, that. Uh, um, like, hi, hi there, it's John. John here. Um, could I ask? John? Could I ask? Um, what is the speed limit of the road at the moment? And, it's and what, what about it? And one other thing too, um, has it got any history of, of accidents on that section of road with people running into the, into the trees? Right, so the speed limit at the moment is 100 kilometres an hour. Right. It's a a sea road. Um, 100 kilometres an hour is a default setting, a default speed setting for all regional roads, whether they're dirt dirt roads or sealed roads, which is a bit of an issue. When you're thinking about an organisation that um, is talking about safety... Oops. We seem to have lost our guests. Uh, Are you gone, Louise? Seems to be. All right. Well, we're going to go to a... Uh, just disappeared off the line, yeah. A cut. Mm. Oh, she's oh, back. Yeah, back. Okay, sorry. Um, Louise, you disappeared halfway through answering that question. I don't know what happened, yeah, but anyway. Oh, so, well, so the last thing that you, you said was... I'm, I'm not in a um, bad area. I don't know why it dropped out, but anyway. The last thing that you said was that 100 is the default speed zone, and that's a problem. Yeah, so I was suggesting that that's an issue sure, when yeah. you when you're talking about um, road safety, which is which is what this is all about. Well, that's what they would um, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, is that when you see a, a high speed regional road that could either be a dirt track, uh, mm. a narrow dirt track, or a sealed road without lines, without a centre line, without side lines. Mm. They're 100 kilometres an hour. Mm. So when they say that over 40% of road fatalities occur on high-speed regional roads, it would almost be common sense to reduce that default speed. Now, the issue here is is they say that um, regardless of the speed limit, people will do those speeds. So I mean, they're, they're saying that no their speed, to... they're saying their speed limits don't work. Basically, they're saying that they're saying their speed limits don't work. They're saying right. that people don't um, com- comply with the speed limits, and right. that's part of the issue. And therefore, where where you have a road where there's a history of accidents, and is so there a history? Road, is there a history of accidents there? This uh, the road in question is. Um, ha- there's been no fatalities. Well, there was one fatality in 1972. Okay, so that's over 40 years ago. Yes. Um, in the in the five years between two thousand and seven and two thousand and eleven, is that five years? Yes, um, there were five runoff road accidents. Uh, was anyone seriously were, injured? Uh, there was two serious injuries that we know about. So we looked at the traffic accident reports, and uh, they were so the the times. Okay. It's a difficult thing to try and get your head around road accidents because you, you have to start to look at the time of the accident, 
the um, if there was any issues with the car, so if there was say um, roadworthy issues, so one of the accident, one of the serious accidents, the road, the uh, the wheels were wobbling on the road and the car ran off the road. So there's a roadworthy issue. There. Well, it'd be, well, um, it, well, there's likelihood of drunken driving too because, every, you know, speed, pe- yeah. a, a proportion of people are driving drunk all the time. So You have to make that assumption, yeah, don't you? Yeah, you do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, yes. um, and, it seems, and without, without casting aspersions, yeah. there, there are issues around those kinds of things yeah. in small regional communities. Well, there are issues, there are issues like that everywhere. But, but, but it, certainly, some, to me, it would seem that the first thing you might consider is a lower speed limit before you before you go to the before you go go further and start hacking down the, the trees that everybody loves it might be might be sensible to lower the speed limit yeah um so that was the first thing we asked for yeah, and we absolutely. did have an overwhelming response from the community who yeah. all showed up at the meeting that we had to organize yeah. um which Vic Rhodes attended and we had this huge um, response from people who wore T-shirts saying 80 kilometres an hour and carried um, posters saying 80 kilometres an hour, speed kills, not trees. Yeah. And and we couldn't have made it clearer that that's what we were asking for. And yet they still um, are quite adamant that people don't comply with the speed limit and that's not the issue. Perhaps you should change the name of the town to less Rushworth, but... um, (laughs) But but I would would suggest, where's your local Member of Parliament in all this? Yeah, look, she she was very supportive. Um, She was actually... um, That's Sharman Stone, Member of Murray. Oh, yes, she's... she's, um, But isn't she federal? Federal. This is the money federal. No, but this is Vic Rhodes. This is state. Oh, of course, yeah. So, um, so she was she was putting a little pressure on, yeah. a little bit of pressure yeah. on the feds. Now, the reason it, it becomes a federal issue, mm-hmm. and I and I'm sorry if I'm if I'm sounding a little bit complicated here. No, there's federal money for roads. <laughs> we know about yes, that. Yes, there certainly mm. there certainly is. But the other the other side of this is that a large section of the vegetation that they want to remove is is listed as critically endangered under the EPBC Act, which is a federal act. Uh-huh. Okay, so so we look into the EPBC Act, and there's thresholds that apply to EPBC vegetation removals. So unless you're over the threshold, you don't need a permit to remove critically endangered mm. um, vegetation mm. communities. Now, we've part of this is grey box grassy woodland, what we found was the area of removal of greybox grassy woodland for this roadside pro- for this road widening project is 0.01% below the threshold so we also feel that that is a little bit of a coincidence as far as yeah, the extent of the project you might feel that you mentioned earlier about vic roads saying that people don't deserve speed limits what what other reasons are they giving for wanting to do this work uh, so it is. It is the road accident. So, but TAC are funding this project, um, and in so they look across the board at, I, I guess they call them high risk roads, where a certain number of road accidents have occurred in a five year period, and it's those roads that they want to start applying their new. Um, well, it's not new anymore. Everybody will have seen the. Uh, um, wire rope guardrails, they, yep. they kind of seem to be rolling out across the country. Yep. So 
it's it's a stand this is a this is a standard approach to road safety the wire rope guardrails and the road widening and the wire rope guardrail installation um, not only in their view makes the road safer it also in their view um, limits the amount of vegetation that they have to remove because if they didn't install the wire rope they would have to remove 30 metres or more of vegetation either side of the road. Now, what we're saying is in places where there's sensitive roadside vegetation, such as critically endangered uh, ecosystems and vegetation communities, they need to look at making exceptions. Yep. So I'll tell you. I'll, I'll I tell think you. you I think happens. you need to go to your local. Why has? Why isn't your state local member parliament involved? Is it? Is she or he involved? We are. Uh, that's um, that's um, Stephanie Ryan. We uh-huh. wrote to her several times, and she didn't even respond to our letters. Well, I think you've got to be a bit more aggressive. I mean, she's in the position to go and talk to the talk to Vic yeah. Rhodes or talk to the yeah. minister. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, the the other the other thing to mention there is after after myriad letters to the environment minister, to the planning minister, and to the roads minister. All of our letters were handballed back to Vic Road. So ultimately, the ministers didn't want to touch the issue and they've all come back to us and said, sort it out with Vic Road. Well, I think, well I, think you've got to, I think you've got to make it hot for the um, politicians. The politicians mm. are always the weakest link in all this. They're the ones yes. to go for. Yeah, they're the, the ones who they, they're the ones who are supposed to have to be accountable to the community. <laughs> That's correct. The trouble is that the politicians that made that signed off on these permits to increase the road are different politicians now. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, in some ways, that, know, in some ways, that makes it easier though for them to if they didn't sign off on it, they they can they can maybe make exceptions. Mm, safe face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've had we've had a lot of trouble with that. Um, so the the end of the story is that a few weeks ago we spent six hours on the roadside with Vic Roads. Yeah. Um, with their a, a team of their um, of their uh, senior officers, um, actually having a, doing a site assessment of the of the specific trees that we see as the most significant in the in this section of road, and we actually feel that we came to some sort of a um, a good got into a good dialogue, were able to express ourselves and express the reasons behind our concerns. And now they've gone away and they are, apparently, we haven't had any response for a few weeks, um, reviewing the road design. Now, what we're saying is if this can happen, why not do it at the start of the design process? So I know your program... I wouldn't let them off the hook. I I wouldn't, for instance, trust them. That no. they won't still turn up one day and do it. I mean, I've no, I've, I've had I experience with Vic Roads home. here in the city. Here in the city, we know what Vic Roads is capable of. Yes, mm, yes, yeah. yeah. I, I'm scared to I'm scared to leave town. I tell you. Yes. <laughs> um, but but I guess I guess we're waiting for the outcome of right. this. We're waiting to see whether they're able to compromise, whether they can meet the challenge. Now, look, they can always compromise, even if they tell you we've got a standard we have to meet. That that mm. standard always has has a maximum and minimum um, uh, margins. So yes. I think you might find if they're telling you the wire rope has to be X number of metres from the side of the road, that it could be less a less distance from the side of the road if things were difficult for other reasons that they under, they agreed to, if, yes. if you see what yes. I mean. 
you know, they, oh, think, absolutely. things like lanes, they tell you, oh, no, a lane's got to be three and a half metres wide on the road, you know. Uh, but, in fact, for their own convenience, they'll come down to two and a half metres if they really have to. And that's, that's I right. think you'd find things like that with the wire barriers, that there'll be a standard distance they'd like to put them from the side of the road, which would mean cutting back the trees. But I think you might find there's a minimum distance that, that is closer to the side of the road if they had had to. There are things yes. like that. Mm. And that close to the edge of town, I don't see why you shouldn't have an 80k zone simply because you need a deceleration zone when you're coming into town. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, they had the 100k, they had, up until we started complaining about yeah. this, they had the 100k zone yeah. nearly almost entering township. Yeah. So it was 400 metres from the edge mm. of town, which yeah. they rapidly changed because oh, they realised right. they'd made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. It was but also, you, you mentioned it's a winding road. I mean, that alone could give them justification for lowering the speed limit, couldn't it? I mean, say, well, yeah. you know, the road, the winding road means it should be 70 or 80 or whatever it should be. Yeah, I, I agree completely, and, and it's what it's what the township's calling for. Um, I have a feeling they just uh, they put this default um, speed yep. limit o- across, you know, as an overlay, and um, they they want to save face. They don't want to drop the speed limit, even though it's oh. what the TAC are always telling us. That's right. Know, yeah, too. Yes. It is now, cheaper as well, rather than widening the road. You you would think so. Um, once again, the uh, excuse that they've been giving us from day one is that people don't abide by the speed limit, so there's no point doing it. They'd rather widen it. We've had a lot of experience. Um, lately, we're seeing a lot of, I don't know if you see it in the city, but in, certainly in the country, there's a lot of burnouts happening on the road. So these youth are getting out, oh, I assume they're youth, getting out in the middle of the night and making these amazing patterns with their, with their um, rubber, yeah. with their tyre yeah, rubber on the too. road. Yeah. Yeah, and widening roads is only going to encourage that as mm. far as I can tell. So because some drivers are irresponsible, they're saying, therefore, we have to chop down some century-old yeah. trees. Precisely, precisely. Some of these trees are well over 300 years old, well over. Hmm. Um, the, the biggest disappointment, and this would relate directly to your program this morning about urban about town planning, is that is that it seems to us that the plan for the road design was done without a... So the, the site assessment that we did with spending six hours on the roadside was the only time that happened. Yep. Mm. That yep. wasn't done at the beginning of the process. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody it's, it's, spent six hours walking that road before they designed it. Yeah, it was, it was done on the back of an envelope in the office <laughs> six months ago. It sounds like yeah. your community is really on the right track and um, we wish you a lot of good luck. On three C R. Thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome anytime. All right. See ya. Thank you. Bye. So that was Louise Costa from Rage Rushworth mm. Action. Mm. Well, that was that was very great yeah. for the environment. Now I have to say, didn't hear me being very anti-tree. <laughs> no, 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 John. We <laughs> very good, very good indeed. Yes. <laughs> you just came out as anti-big roads, which yes. is much, much, much more acceptable. <laughs> well, I've had experience over the years. Uh, However, yeah, yeah, yep. they they get a they get a they get money. You see, the TAC provides money, and the money is to be used for these things, and and um, so Vic Roads gets very um, focused on spending the money they've been. 
given without without having to worry as, as they see it about the, about how and where they spend. Well, they've got to plan and build roads. Plan, that's, exactly. that's their raison d'etre. That's right. Let's take a quick break. Come back and we'll talk more transport with John. Yeah, let's. All right. Um, this is future of the left. We're throwing bricks at trains. Okay, we're back, and uh, John was pretty wrapped in that bit of music. Oh, really? Was. <laughs> That's a headbanger of who there was. So if the title had trained in it, John, you should have been thrilled. Um, <laughs> I thought it was very catchy. I was going to say, I pissed Corey off. We're actually no, on air. No, no, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all happening here this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And John on transport, we did Indeed. mention we did mention uh, Volkswagen earlier, yeah, and the fact yeah. that but they were just they're just the you know the tip of the iceberg. Really, they all do it, but uh, they they got sprung. But uh, it, it's like everything else. Um, it's like when uh, Murdoch's empire got sprung, hacking, etc. Uh, all the companies that get sprung, 7-Eleven, uh, the people in the head office, mm, they mm. never seem to know what's going on. That's it's, right. Yeah, it's always yeah, down the line yeah, somewhere. They yeah. just, they're just they so shocked yeah, and they apologise yeah. profusely and we'll look into it, etc. Yeah. Um, the fact that, well, I'm going to divert a bit, but 7-Eleven, some years ago, the union, um, mm. Anthony Mains Union, was taking was having protests outside 7-Eleven, mm. so that the bloke didn't realise that what, what that meant. I've got no, no, no idea, no, but... No. Um, but anyway, that that aside, uh, Volkswagen knew nothing. Yeah, either, I but, know uh, nothing. Said nothing. Man whatever. No, he, no. Did re- he did retire, but he retired on forty-one that's, million dollars. That's worth right. Of, uh, plus forty-one worth million of, uh, pension, plus several years salary, yeah, and a yeah. free car for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. he was but, really he yeah. was really going to suffer oh, in his. Um, he's going to do it hard. Bavarian, do it hard. But of course, they're yeah. talking about diesel fuel now. This is an interesting yes, argument because yes. the, the, there's a there's a sense there that their diesel is better than petrol. It's been mainly European view fuel efficient whatever yet yes. it has the most dangerous yes. emissions and its particulates are the ones that primarily yes. are carcinogens because they're so Correct. small now and tr- all trucks of course are diesel so that's right and, you know, tra- and trains of course well, they're yes, not electric yes, they're diesel yes. yeah, yeah. yeah well that's right well of course take it a stage further Australia has lax or non-existent uh, regulations very very lax regulations controlling diesel emissions uh, our car diesel emissions. I'm not sure we've got got any for cars. We have, we have petrol emissions. Petrol our, ones. We've got our petrol, petrol ones are also pretty poor yeah, but by world they standards. Are, they are only they are a few years behind Europe. Not mm. that far behind, but but diesel are virtually non-existent. So these VW engines that are emitting up to forty times the um, nitrogen oxides they're allowed to emit, supposedly allowed to emit, would probably still be legal in Australia. So the, the cars here they may not have to touch. Because they're still legal, because there's actually no, no actual control. Well, the ACCC is talking about big fines, but mainly yeah. because of their cheating, not because yeah. of the emissions one yeah. assumes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's all it's all it's all pretty crazy situation, and of course it varies around the world depending on the various markets. But yeah, um, apparently in Europe, the the uh, atmosphere in the city, you know, the testing of the city air quality has been registering. Well, the air hasn't been improving at the rate they thought it should be improving mm. because the diesel cars were getting much, much cleaner, supposedly. So it's quite interesting, quite interesting that that's, that's been what they've been finding in the European cities. So that would tend to indicate that, that the Volkswagen cars have been emitting and so, of course, have the um, probably the other brands as well. Mm. And another, I, uh, wonder, yeah. I wonder if the cars couldn't be fitted with some sort of a filter there. Oh, they, well, some of them are, yeah. Yeah. But actually, the filters don't work all that well, and some of the cars 
um, mis- don't don't work well with the filters. People have a lot of trouble with the filters, so it's mm. not actually a very good. But it could be like the washing machine where you just know you have to empty it out regularly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, as opposed be, to like be, yeah, death. But, but of course, people slightly are, better. But of course, people are buying cars and they're told, "Well, you know, it'll be fine. Don't worry. There's nothing to you know, nothing to have to do. You know, it'll all look after itself." Yeah, and of course, people don't don't follow those rules. You know, they'll ignore the little red light on the dashboard and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, so it's a bit like the people speeding on the roads. <laughs> They'll keep mm. on speeding. There's a general figure been floating around yeah. for years that about 30% of CO2 pollution, with, there's also uh, nitrogen oxide anyway, yeah. with, with diesel as well, but yeah. CO2 um, comes from vehicles, comes from transport mm. cars. Mm. Now, could that figure be wrong because of all these things we're talking about? May it be higher... Because we are we assuming on the basis of what they tell us, or is it, are we actually measuring it in real terms? Well, no. Well, the CO two. I think the CO two emissions would would be dictated by the amount of fuel you're using, not about how clean you're actually managing to filter the um, the emissions from the car. I think mm. so. That probably wouldn't change. But but in fact, in terms of city air quality. Not talking about CO two, as you say, it's the it's the particulates, mm. and the smaller the particulates, the more dangerous they and are. Near the diesel and, ones, and the nitrous nitrogen oxides, which are the things that turn into smog, which is why when you're coming on the Western Highway towards Melbourne, there's a certain point as you come over the hills from Ballarat, mm. you can look down on Melbourne and you can see this brown slurb across the whole um, the whole region. That's that's smog. We don't have it, of course. You know, as bad as a lot of other cities, but we certainly have it. Yeah, and the other, another apart from that, that little bit of cheating, mm. it's also come out a British study by their by which, which is their equivalent of choice mm. here, yeah. in in um, miles per gallons, as they claim. Yeah. They say that uh, they're all most of them are cheating, and and the average motorist in Australia, this has been projected, yeah. could be spending nearly two hundred a year extra because of dodgy fuel efficiency yeah. claims, and the worst offenders consumed as much as one hundred and thirty three percent extra than what the manufacturer mm. said. Mm. The second worst, eight hundred dollars worth of diesel annually. Um, and they say the average in Britain was 13%, that cars were 13% over what the manufacturers said. And the projection is that the same thing would be happening oh, here. It would. So, yeah, yeah. so again, they're cheating all over the place. Well, whenever the, whenever the cars are tested by the, you know, the motoring writers in the newspapers, they always come up with figures of you know, easily 20% more fuel than the claims on the sticker on the car. And we now know that the claims on the sticker on the car are made under artificial conditions with the car running on a... In a, on a on a roller thing in a in a in a laboratory, it's not even moving mm. in the, in on a norm, normal road. It's it's everything's controlled um, to minimise minimise fuel consumption. It's mm. all very artificial, and and again, governments have been quite happy to let them get away with all that. Um, yeah, so it's well. It's, I guess that's the problem with um, people testing their own products. Mm. I mean, the safety of their own products. That's right. Well, yeah, and the governments who say we're we're quite happy to trust you, you know, <laughs> well, which is sort of again how we got to Volkswagen, but and as we know, there's likely to have been other other companies doing it too, but maybe not as stupidly as Volkswagen, where they actually. Um, well, the stupid bit's getting caught. Yeah, well, exactly. They yeah. would see it. They would see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with a bit of bit of software in the in the computer in the car that can be identified, apparently, mm. yeah, which is just crazy. Well, just crazy from their point of view. But no one at management knew, but knew anything about. Oh no, it. No, 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 no idea. No, Absolutely no, no idea. Nothing. A bit like no. a bit like Sergeant. Um, who was no. it? Sergeant Hoyts, Voits. Well, we know nothing. 
But also projecting. Clink. Projecting. Clink, yeah, that's <laughs> <what you're> <laughs> we'll get there in the end. <laughs> but projecting that onto um, onto the program that yes. Troy did about roads. I yeah. mean, again, in that state case, the environment effects statement. I mean, it's we've argued for years it was drawn up in that case by Vic Roads on the Western mm. Highway, and they end mm. up it's twice as many trees anyway. But mm. then they say we don't need to go back and review it, and it's irrelevant anyway. The EES doesn't matter. Um, but the fact that environment effects statements are always drawn up by the proponent mm. is something we've argued for years ought to be taken out of their hands Absolutely. and done independently. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. simply fund it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, you know, that's part of this whole process. That's right. Program. So it simply becomes just a ritual you go through, yeah. And, you've, and, you, um, and you're, you very, very rarely do you have to uh, re- revisit your project and redo it. Yeah, uh, the, uh, Corey interviewed a bloke from Big Rose, and he was quite—he was quite good, wasn't he? Corey he explained it very well. I thought he was very good at dodging questions. Yeah, I thought yeah. he had uh, quite the uh, bureaucratic skill. Mm, I see yeah. how he got where he was. Um, <laughs> He'll go far. He <laughs> <laughs> really will. He really will. And one of the interesting things I found out is that environmental effects statements aren't actually legally binding. So the fact that they had totally gone over, you know, um, done you know, something much worse than what they'd planned to do didn't matter, and that's why they didn't have to fix it. <laughs> so they could just tell the guy on the bull- bulldozer, um, just just put, just cover your eyes and keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it won't... <laughs> It won't. Um, it won't cost anybody anything. Just keep going till you reach Rustwood. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's straighten. Let's straighten that road. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what about the um, tram thing? I thought that was yeah. interesting. Um, Corey found some. Um, oh, oh yes, tram accessibility in Melbourne. Yes. So it's pretty shocking. First of all, did you guys know that the Commonwealth government only passed the Disability Discrimination Act in 1992? Yeah. I thought people had disabilities before then. <laughs> Yes, but they were supposed to stay home. They had worse disabilities before then because they didn't have an act even to to, Mm. to help them at all. But uh, they were supposed to stay home, Corey. I think. Yeah. yeah. And then, so in 1999, um, so all the trams that were made before then weren't accessible for people with disabilities. Yeah. And then in 1999, when the trams were privatised. Um, they applied for an exemption from the Disability Discrimination Mm. Act, Mm -hmm. um, which apparently they got. Um, and they promised uh, 66% tram accessibility. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if if you have a disability, how are you going to know which tram is going to turn up with the, you know, with the right lowered floor? Well, that, of course, is the problem. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, like, you know, people with disabilities, as far as I know, still need to get to places on time. Yeah. Yep. Um, so 2001, your first low, low floor trams introduced, and now 25% of Melbourne's... Tram fleet are accessible for low floor trams. So does that mean, you know, on average, you have to wait, you have to let three trams pass before you can get on a tram? I think, if I think you that's have what it. it does mean, yes. And, it, and also, of course, I think it's improved slightly now. But when they first put them in, they were only in the city anyway, the low floor stops. So once you got on, you couldn't get on. Oh, again. Well, that's a, but you um, see, that's another thing, Kevin. Yeah. Stops are another thing. You could you could go all the way. You had to go all the way out and come back again to get off again. So it was mm. no sense, whatever, in the whole thing. There's now a, there now are stops out on some routes, you know, that, um, yeah. that you can get on and off, yeah. which is a yeah. bit of an improvement. It's just but, shocking. Yeah. Like, but but, but it, even with a road, you know, in the in the defence, even with a road height stop, 
you know, with a low floor tram, there's just one step and you're in, you're in the door. Yeah. Which of course is is yeah. still not not as good as level boarding, which of course you need for for wheelchairs and a lot of things like that. Yeah. And they were the big arguments when they wanted to when the Labor government wanted to close the Upfield railway line, the Upfield campaign, mm. and mm. Um, and turn it into a light rail route. And similarly, the, which they did get away with the St Kilda and Port Melbourne rail lines being closed. The biggest argument for yeah. keeping them open was that people in wheelchairs and people with mobility disabilities would lose all access to public well, course, transport. They, of course, they had no, they had no low floor um, trams to, to no, put on those no. routes when they when they did close them. No, no, and, uh, and all stops. You know, but, yeah, but yeah. just I mean, we had we had one protest where we tried to get, we you know, we deliberately took wheelchairs to a tram stop, mm. and you know, said you've got to get them on, and we were yelling out, maybe you could tow yeah. them or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just. And then on the other hand, you've got you know people talking about getting people with disabilities into work. I mean. How are they going to get into work if they physically can't get into mm, work? Precisely. You know, yep. just chuck them off the, the disability support pension and let them starve. You yeah. know, is that the plan? This is one area where USA is way ahead of us in disability. Not co- just pollution co- and gun deaths. Oh, well, okay. Co- <laughs> they're way ahead of us in terms of providing access for people with disabilities on and off. On mm. and off public transport, yeah. That's really the good. The rules are much harsher, much more, much, much more, um, you know, they, they've come down from Washington and they have to be, they have to be met. And so they should be. Mm. But we're always, we've always got a program to do it. We, oh, yeah. Ever since, can I got, first got involved with a group called Penny, which is people for, I can't even put it, something institutionalisation was the I anyway. Um, but, um you know, in these campaigns around mm. public transport. Mm. Uh, but the government has always says it's going to make it fully accessible in 15 years. It's just that it, every year it's going to be 15 years ahead. Yeah, so it's never yeah. stopped being 15 yeah, years ahead, yeah. that's all. That's yeah, well, that's, so, that's, that's, that's about right. So if someone with a disability wants to go to the shop, they can just wait another 15 years? Yeah, right. well, in 15 years, I'll have to wait another 15 years, of course, the way right. it's going. Mm. But that's, yes, mm. exactly. Yes. But, but it gives, could, gives you hope, doesn't it? Yeah. But, of course, some routes have, well, I think, is the um, routes like the 109? I think all trams on that route might be low floor. No, not quite all. Most some mm. routes have got most most um, trams are low floor. But and and but I think one of the, in their defence, I think what's happened is that the the demand for tram travel has gone on rising much faster than the bureaucrats ever predicted it would. So they they haven't been able to pension off the old trams while they've been. B- Bringing in newer low floor trams, they haven't been able to pension off the old ones. Mm. So, so the so the the proportion, the percentage of um, low floor trams hasn't risen the way they they hoped it would as mm. they got rid of old ones. Yeah, you were saying. Well, recently um, I also had a tram driver tell my friend not to bring a pram onto one of the uh, trams that had the steps. He was yeah. yeah, he was very forceful about it. You know, he, really? Yeah, he said another tram's coming with a low floor. I'm like, excuse me. Ooh. You know, it's not like mothers aren't busy enough. And how did he know there was another one coming with a low floor? Did he? Did, <laughs> well, it, it, did it come? Would have been one, <laughs> of, one of the next three probably would have been on average. Yeah. Well, it's uh, well, it's another issue, of course. You know, mm. getting you know having to. I don't know how mothers deal with with pushes and things on on ordinary trams. Well, of course they. Well, any parents these days they they do it with the help of other passengers. Of mm. course, there isn't a conductor to help them get no. the, get the, <laughs> get the thing on board. No. 
Oh dear. What have you got there? Well, just, I just be, we've only got a, bit, a few minutes yeah, left, sure. but the, we've now got a Prime Minister who's actually appointed a city's minister. Yes. Um, and he claims that he's interested in public transport. And in fact, the day that he got, he changed his ministry. Um, the um, there was a headline in the Financial Review: PM puts public transport back on federal agenda. Um, uh, are you got, you're feeling more optimistic or not? Oh, though? vaguely, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think a bit, a few more of the right noises will be made, but we'll have to wait to see where the money goes. That's that's all you can really base it on. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 Turnbull's very good at, at uh, using public transport himself. I mean, he, you know, he, he likes uses self promotion, of course. That's right. He always carries a camera when he does. Yeah, <laughs> when he took the train to uh, Geelong. To, to Geelong, <laughs> it said, was, "See, I didn't need a helicopter." <laughs> <laughs> must have endeared him to Bronny no end. Yes. <laughs> she must have had trouble voting because she ended up voting for him because she so hated Tony because she reckons he didn't support her. But must, it must have been, have been a close-run yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you know, Turnbull makes all the right noises. His wife has been – she's been in Lord Mayor of Sydney and things yes, like that. So, yes. so um, she must, you know, at least care about things urban. Um And that's where all of Australia – most of Australia lives in big cities. Is it something like 70%? Population lives in big cities, mm. so you know you can't ignore us. And according to some people, you know it's going to double up and all that. Yeah, we've got to, I mean, I'm sure that's yeah. going to happen, but that's, yeah. what, that's what big business wants, and says mm. we've got to adjust mm. to. But they want to adjust in ways we wouldn't suggest. Mm. But also, um, in the last, and we only got to, we might yeah. do more on this next month. But it's come out. There's going to be, I think it's hundreds, but lots of homes are going to be acquired for the mm. uh, metro rail thing mm. that, I, that I wasn't aware of. You might have been aware of that, job. Well, um, it was that, logical that it, they'd have w- to be, w- yeah. Was that, was that figured in the, in the cost of the whole project or is that an extra cost? Or, <laughs> or if, it is, if it isn't an extra cost, then, then surely your, pro, your way of doing it, which will be much, much cheaper anyway, makes it much better because you also don't acquire that's homes. That's right. Well, that's right. That's right, yeah. Well, my, my view is that you take the, take the loop apart and uh, make, make the northern side of the loop through tracks from one side of the city to the other, and magically you, you, you get about 100% more capacity through the loop than you have now, which is far more than they're going to get out of the um, Melbourne Metro. Melbourne Metro is going to give them about 20% more capacity for a total cost of, according to the age, it's gone up to $12 billion. Um, no, you can practically solve world hunger for that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You could certainly fix up the whole of the Melbourne rail system and make it run, you know, with Rolls-Royce standards for that. Mm. Um, but um, my my view is that you um, take the loop apart and, and you get can get double the capacity rather than rather than only twenty percent, and you can do it for about well one or two billion rather than twelve billion, mm-hmm. and you don't have to to, uh, to resume any homes because all the works you're doing are, are in. Already in railway um, railway reservations, and you could transfer 1.3 billion for armoured vehicles to public transport. Oh, you could too. Yeah. yeah oh, no, sorry, we've got to be I, safe. Sorry. All right, all right, all right. Uh, one, I, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that one um, that one confused me slightly. <laughs> so, well, but, well, I mean, really, the 1.3 billion contract for building bloody things to go and kill people with. But that's wel- um, that's welfare for Bendigo. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't... You can't take that away. <laughs> well, you, well you, could, you could still, up Bendigo, you could build trains, trams, buses. Oh, you, well, you're right. Yes, they already yes, did, well, they yes. used to do that stuff in Bendigo. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, you convinced me now. Solar yeah, okay. systems. Sold. Well, yeah. all that okay. stuff, yeah. All right. 
All right. Well, oh. we're going to have to say goodbye, I'm afraid. Another four weeks until we see John again. Oh, so, oh. so long. So long. <laughs> so long, Corey. <laughs> um, you're listening to City Limits on 3CR, 855 AM. John's going up to hug trees for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to explain to them nicely while I've got to be cut down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's better than what Vic Rose would do. Next week's energy, by the way. Tell people next week's energy. Corey. Next week's our energy week. And you might be listening on 3cr.org.au slash city limits if you want to get the podcast. That's where it's found. Um, this is stolen. Uh, actually, I changed my mind. This is On a Train by Emily Bucker. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org. Dot org dot au.